Hello and welcome to the Bonco Podcast. My guest today is Mayo footballing legend, Keith Higgins. Hi Hello. Keith. Well, how are things? Good, how are you doing? I'm not too bad now, hanging in there and yourself. Good man, all good, all good. Stuff. Yeah, all good. Nothing wild. What do you say? You kept going anyways. I'm doing small bits, Keith, now. Not, not a whole pile now. I'm not killed by any means, but we'll keep doing little bits. Exactly. For no harm in that now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How are you keeping yourself? Ah, all good. No, yeah, all good. Can't complain. Um, back to work there a few weeks ago, so like that. Now we're kind of kept very busy at the moment, but sure. Did you take a few months off, did I see there somewhere? Yeah, I was off for a year. Um, I took 12 months of a career break there. I kind of went back to do a bit in college, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Went back there at the end of January, but yeah, just over three weeks ago now. So probably good to get it back to a bit of routine, and everything like that. So um, yeah, that's probably that's probably going back after twelve months of doing not an awful lot, you know. Yeah. So yeah, this was a study, but I suppose since last March, then obviously with the COVID, obviously all that was kind of done online, and then obviously with there wasn't a huge amount of sport then throughout the summer, so there was a few months there, but there wasn't an awful lot going on, but. Look, I suppose that was kind of the same all over the place, so we can't complain too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're back in the Bank of Ireland, is it? Uh, like the, back yeah. to the jo- job you had previously, like the mortgage specialist, is that what you're at? Exactly, yeah, exactly. So back in Castlebar again uh, for the moment. Now that might change a small bit, but um, yeah, back in Castlebar at the Bank of Ireland. So it's busy now at the moment, um, which is, I suppose, is a good complaint to have. Yeah, nice one. What's uh, we'll keep going with your occupation while we're at it, Keith. We'll just kick it off. We'll kick it off here, sure. Um, what's the the new thing you're involved in? The sports management agency, the sport endorse or something. What's That's what's true. that job? Yeah, so um, yeah, I went back to college there last this was September 2019. Um, yeah. to do a master's in sports management. So, I suppose it looks at you know, the organizational side and the business side of sports, the sports industry. Um, and all that kind of thing. So yeah, I went back there, did a master's in that. And then when I came out of it, um, I suppose the opportunity came up to join um, that company Sports Endorse. So I suppose they, their main areas of focus, I suppose, is they'd look at look at kind of sponsorship and strategic partners with um, sports organizations and brands and companies and trying to link the two up for sponsorship deals. And they'd have an agency side as well where they'd look after some athletes. Um, right. And they have a new online platform then basically at sport indoors where i suppose athletes can join for free and they can kind of put up a profile themselves and then if any businesses or brands wanted to join as well if they had sponsorship opportunities that they needed an athlete or a brand ambassador i suppose it's kind of a handy online platform then where they can connect with athletes to to represent them so it's um yeah it's, it's an interesting size but i'm not doing a huge amount with them at the moment it's more kind of on a part-time basis but and to try and get a big experience, but it's interesting. So um, hopefully, yeah, it's interesting how that goes. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds good. That's just on the side as opposed to your normal job. So you just do that in the evenings or whatever works involved, weekends and stuff, is it? Exactly, yeah, exactly. So like I said, at the moment, it's, it's more so just a, you know, a few calls here and there, a few emails. Um, but yeah, like said, that's mostly done kind of in the evenings or weekends. It was May 9 to 5, is, like I said, is with the bank foreign there in Castlebar on the mortgage side. Um, you know, I suppose any customers looking for to get mortgages, I suppose it's busy enough these days, surprisingly, given this was the impact COVID has had. But you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people 
while a lot of people have been affected income-wise, there are a lot of people that haven't. I suppose, obviously, if they're moving down from Dublin or, you know, if they can see the, the benefits of working from home, there's, you know, there's a lot of business going on at the moment, so which is good. It is good, yeah, it is good. I just imagine you, Keith, there now for 12 months off that you were wandering around in your smoking jacket now and your slippers with, <laughs> with the pipe for 12 months. <laughs> yeah, the image and the reality are two different things, I won't lie. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was very different, I suppose. Um, I finished up work at the end of January and I was concentrating the studies full time and then obviously COVID hit in March so everything was kind of put online and obviously sport was cancelled so you're going kind of going from a situation where you're studying full time and you're trying to train and everything to where you're just trying to do a bit of study online and at home which was it was different um took a bit of getting used to but yeah. you know, like I think a lot of people were in the same position having to work from home and all that in the first lockdown so look we got used to it there was no major panic and you know, I think luckily the sport came back then, probably the end of July, that we had something to look forward to and something to get us out. I think that was a big yeah. thing. I think I'd say a lot of people are in the same, but just just to have something to get out in the evenings, get out of the house, um, have a bit of focus and, you know, get the bodies active again was a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we might as well talk a bit about football while I have you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're done. You're done with the, the football side of things anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Was that a big decision? It, it was, yeah. I think, you know, I suppose if you talk to any kind of person who's maybe stepped away from the intercommunity scene like that, I suppose actually coming to the decision is one thing. Actually going ahead with it and announcing it and stepping away is probably the hardest part. And then once you're away, it's kind of, you know, you kind of get used to the new way of life. But, um, you know, yeah, it was a tough decision. I was there, obviously, uh, 15, 16 seasons, so... Um, you know, I had a good one at it. I can't complain how things went. Um, but yeah, I just felt like the time was right to step away. Um, just wasn't 100% confident that I could get back to the levels I needed to get back to, I suppose, fitness wise and um, just to be competitive next year. I suppose that was kind of the main thing that kind of helped, helped make the decision. So yeah, but look, we'll continue on with the, the hurlers a bit. Obviously, we'll have the club hopefully kicking off as well. So we'll have a few bits and pieces going on to keep us busy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, just with the retirement and that, were you, was it something that was in your mind with, say, earlier on last year? And, like, did you have to discuss it with the management, with your partner, obviously? And how, what was the process like? Or was it just, was it a quick enough decision on your behalf? Uh, it was a funny one, I suppose. You know, you kind of hear some people would say that they kind of knew in advance of the season that this was going to be their last season, all that type of thing. Um, you know, for me, over the last few years, it was, I never really thought of it that way it was just a matter of I'd always kind of reflect on it at the end of the year and see how the body was feeling see how the mind was um, and you know this was last year was no different I kind of came back probably a couple of weeks later than the rest of the group at the beginning of 2020 um, had a few bits of niggles from the club championship so it was kind of given a few extra weeks off and was really kind of coming back to some kind of level of fitness and level of form just before the lockdown kicked in I think that was kind of, uh, I found that difficult, I suppose, initially. Um, and then obviously once they kind of came back pre uh, post-lockdown, again, I just kind of found it very difficult to get back to the kind of the level where I needed to be to be kind of competing regularly to get on the start in 15. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have a real plan in my mind. It was just once the season ended, I think I kind of knew straight away that that was going to be it. It took a few weeks to think about it. And, yeah, I had a chat with James the beginning of January, I think. Mm. Um he said, look, think about for another week or so. And yeah, just at that stage, I just, I think I had my mind made up before that anyway. So it was just a matter of 
like I said, going ahead with it, committing to it. And I think that was probably the hardest part. And like I said, once you kind of step away, um, you kind of was come to terms with it and you kind of just get on with things after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it must have been like an episode of uh, Take Me Out for James Horn with the, like, the buzzers. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. There was so many of you disappearing all of a sudden. Yeah, well, at least we kind of all got out of the way within the space of two weeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I think, look, and I'm sure James probably expected that that was going to come at some stage. I think, you know, if you look back in the pro- eight profile of the team over the last couple of years, I think it was always going to be a stage where, you know, a lot of lads probably stepped away at the same time. You know, there was a lot of lads probably between maybe 32 to 35, 36 years of age. So I think that was always going to be the case. And, you know, unfortunately, it just kind of seemed to happen and very quickly. But again, that was the nature, I suppose, of, you know, the last season not finishing up until the 19th of December. And, you know, when we came back in January, the training was supposed to start back on the 15th. So it was a very short window there. So I suppose that was that probably didn't help either when everything had to be announced or when all the retirements were announced in such a short space of time. But... You know, like that's that's the the way the teams or the cycle of teams go, and you know, it's there's a lot of young lads coming through there, so there's no doubt they'll step up and fill the gaps, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you had a nice good run at it over the years. Were you the longest serving uh, male pair? Were you? Um, I think David, Not fair off it. David Clark was there. He was he was first brought in back in, back in two thousand and one. It was when he was about seventeen. Um, right. I think he probably didn't make his. Dave until maybe 2005 or six something like that but yeah Dave was there since 2001 so he had a, he had a right spell out I think he's 20 seasons there so he definitely can't be oh, worth yes. that man stepping away but um, yeah like I said I think I had 15 seasons it was or 16 seasons at it so look we had lots of good days out um, and yeah look I suppose if you look when you look back on it and if you want you know you couldn't argue with the way how way things went I mean obviously there was a few big days there where you wish we could have gotten over the line and the results could have gone differently but you know that's that's life there's no point looking back and then with regrets um so yeah definitely kind of happy with with the run i had at it and like i said i definitely can't complain with how it turned out yeah yeah that's good you'll you'll obviously stay to some uh level of fitness you'll have to for the hurling and all that like but you've got a way sort of not too bad injury-wise over the over the years, have you? Oh, yeah. Had you any major injuries? Yeah, I've been absolutely blessed when it came to injuries. I mean, you know, if I go back over the 15 years, I think the most I probably missed was maybe two months at a time, probably from a couple of hamstring injuries. Um, had a couple of minor breaks that might have... Bones that could have kept me out for maybe six weeks. So, look, I was lucky that I never really sustained anything that, that kept me out for a really long period of time. Um, so, yeah, I was absolutely blessed with injuries. Um and yeah, like I said, we're obviously trying to keep up some level of fitness. It's probably the, the motivation is probably difficult to get at the moment this time of year, especially when we've no real start date of when we'll be going back playing games and training and that type of thing. But, you know, trying to do the odd bit of homework, so work out and a bit of a run at the weekend. So I find it a bit difficult this time around. But look, like I said, I think once we get a kind of a time frame of when we can get back onto pitch, at least we'll have something to look forward to then and something to kind of aim for. Yeah, it's just a funny setup, isn't it? Like your pre-season would start when November probably would. It? Yeah, um, again, it was depending the on the... how the previous year would have gone. But yeah, you'd be looking at some guys probably back at the beginning of December. Like you would be playing FPD in January and straight into league. Then the end of January, beginning of February. So, um, you know, you never really had a huge amount of time off. Um, but you probably needed that four, five, or six weeks just mentally, sports more than anything. Um, yeah. But like I said, at least you knew when you'd be going back. At least you knew you would have games on certain dates whereas now like I said everything's just up in the air it's kind of hard to 
but for me anyways you just kind of find it hard to kind of focus on something when you don't have an end goal in sight I suppose Right I know what you mean yeah yeah, I know, I know. Um, Gym-wise as well, I suppose, gym's clothes and everything like that, it's hard to, as you said, motivate yourself to do a workout in the sitting room at times, like, you know, and yeah, definitely. chin-ups and that sort of crack. Yeah, and I guess I think all, or most boys now probably have some kind of setup at home, but yeah, like that, you'd find it difficult, I suppose, you come home from work to try and motivate yourself for an hour to go up to the spare room and start doing, doing as much as you can. But I know one thing we started doing with the club there last week was, just kind of like a Zoom workout where it's only kind of last maybe half an hour, 40 minutes. And, you know, it's not the type of stuff that's really going to kill you or overexert you. But I think it's more so just to get that bit of interaction with lads as well while you're doing it. It's the most important thing because, you know, when you're like sitting, you're isolated and you're trying to do stuff at home on your own, it, it can be difficult to get that motivation up. But it's more so for a bit of crack and like to just get a bit of interaction. So I think that's, at least that's something that kind of makes it a bit easier to get, to get uh, to motivated to do it. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, over the 16 years you're playing Mayo, give us a few good old stories there. For <laughs> <laughs> best, um, best and worst. <laughs> I'm not sure if the really good ones that can be told, to be quite honest. Um, I think you have yeah, to get on if you want the really good stories. He'll tell you a few. Now, there might be a few lies thrown in, but at least he'll give you a few good stories. Um, oh, yeah. Now, I'll have to get the two of you on, but we can edit out the stories. At least I <laughs> <laughs> yeah ah look you couldn't like I mean if you were to look back on the 16 years like things have changed an awful lot I suppose obviously in the way things are done this, in this 15 or 16 years like I mean you go back when I came into the panel first of all like it was you know you were nearly going out after every league game on a Sunday and you could have league game the following weekend you know but you'd still be going out on a Sunday night heading back to college or you know you'd have the college night out during the week and then play again the following week whereas now, you know, it's, it's a completely different kettle of fish. You know, it'd be, it's all about recovering after games and the preparation for the following week. So, you know, but some of the, some of the best stories are like, and it's not all about kind of going out to the pub after games like that, but it's just kind of the, mm. that bit of social interaction you have after a game and going out having the crack and coming back to train on the following Tuesday and telling the stories. You know, it's, that was probably the most enjoyable part because it just, you kind of bonded with lads a lot more that way. Um, so, mm. yeah, I think just, there's loads of stories you could tell, but I suppose they're the same stories that kind of go around in every every football and every football team, whether it's men's, ladies, whatever. It's you know, it's that bit of crack you have after games and going out and telling the stories in the following week. So, um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of stories there, but whether they're appropriate or not is another kettle of fish. No, probably not. To be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> I've probably heard a few of them. Anyway, yeah, I've no doubt the good ones probably got out all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, are you playing golf much? Trying to, yeah. But again, I suppose this lockdown is kind of putting into that as well. But yeah, I was trying to get back out there. Um, I suppose obviously the in as the middle of end of summer last year, I suppose once the lockdown kind of ceased and the golf clubs were back open, I was kind of trying to get out a couple of times a week and do a bit. But obviously then once the weather kind of turned and the evening came in and obviously with the third lockdown, was the third lockdown or fourth lockdown at this stage? I can't remember, but... Um, Oh, you know, yeah, so no. yeah, I'd obviously look back into it again, but playing very little at the moment, I suppose the same as everyone else. But uh, I find it great, like even when the season was going on, I used to find it great that you'd go out maybe on a Sunday evening just to play nine and just to kind of clear the head more than anything else. You know, like the golf, how the golf went was irrelevant. It was just a matter of getting out and, you know, clearing the head for an hour and a half. Yeah, absolutely. I played Belly Harness there uh, just before the Christmas. It's the first time I played it. She's lovely. Oh, course, yeah, it's been in fantastic shape. Like, I think. The last probably two years in particular, they put an awful lot of work into it. And it's the one good thing about 
Ballyhaws as well is that it's good all year round, you know, it's like they've never have any issues with it getting very wet or anything like that. So um, I suppose that's the good thing as well come the winter. Like, I suppose if you're out early in the day, you can kind of get a good round in as well. So um, we're kind of I suppose that's the one thing as well. Like, it's just a nine hole, which is grand. You can fly around with an hour, an hour and a half and, you know, it doesn't take up yeah. too much of your time. But um, yeah, that'll be something to work on now. trying to get the handicap down a bit and try and improve it a small bit. What are you playing at? Uh, 14 at the moment, I think. Oh, not well, bad, Keith. Not, not bad. bad, yeah. But I suppose I haven't actually played to 14 for a long time, if I'm being honest. But uh, yeah, that's where at the moment. So yeah, looking forward to that now. Like I said, it's just, it's just a nice way. To, I just find it good just to go, like I said, just clear the head because you can kind of just go for an hour and a half and forget about things. You're not thinking about football or hurling or tactics or going to the gym or anything like that. It's just, it's just, yeah, yeah. No, it's lovely. I'm looking forward to the course is opening up myself here now to be honest yeah, it'd be nice to get out uh, I put it out there you've probably seen it I think you did uh, on Instagram just about anyone any questions for either yourself or Sarah oh, yeah. I'd Sarah on talking when Monday or whatever just Tuesday dodgy, uh, no it's not that dodgy <laughs> now. it's not that dodgy there's, there's about three questions really but uh, one of them did you ever get frustrated with the managerial setup and tactical decisions under James Horn. Ooh. Um, did I ever get frustrated? I suppose, look, I wouldn't say I ever got frustrated with managerial decisions or tactical setups. I think if you go back to his first stint in charge, I think, you know, it was a case he was changing things around and playing it behind the scenes more than anything. Um, you know, he went with a kind of a strategy where it was just, not all out attack, but it was kind of a high octane, um, you know, high press game, something similar the second time around when he came in. And, you know, I think it probably suited the players that we had at the time. Um, so, look, from that point of view, you, you know, I couldn't have questioned Anthony. Um, you know, if you look back on games and different things that were made, yeah, people can kind of question decisions and kind of nitpick on certain things, but it's, you know, it's, you know, for me, look, that's their decisions that are made at the time in the heat of the battle. But, you know, I probably did get a bit, a bit frustrated this year um, when I wasn't on the start in 15. But look, I probably is more frustrated with myself more than Anthony. Like I said, just I didn't feel I was kind of at the level that I needed to be to, to be able to push to get on the start in 15. So, like, I had no issue with that. So, look, every player who's not starting is going to be frustrated or not happy. But, look, to be critical of managerial decisions or anything like that, I'm not going to sit here and pinpoint anything throughout the few years, like I said. A huge respect for James for the way he changed things around for Mayo football when he came in 2011. So, um, yeah, look, oh, no, I can't say about him that really in particular. I suppose that's kind of a not yeah. the answer someone was looking for. But look, from my point of view, that's that's what I'd be sticking with. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, have you any aspirations to be the Mayo manager in the future? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I can say, well, I'd say that now. Look, I suppose. Um, I'm hoping to try, to try and get into coaching at some level um, whether that's this year or whether it's three or four years down the line I don't know yet like I said hopefully we're playing a bit with the herders this year and obviously the club for the next few years so um, yeah I think I want to try the coaching side of things whether it's going to management I don't know I think you have to be a different kind of character to manage a team whereas the coaching at least you're out on the field you're attracting with the players that side of things so that'll be kind of the main focus I'd say at some stage um, management down the line Maybe, but I think I'd be kind of more so on the coaching side for now, anyways. Okay. Um, who was the best or your favourite manager that you played under over the years? 
Oh, geez, that's a tough one. Oh, it's. I'm then going to sit on the fence here a small bit, so the people are getting pretty good frustrated with the answer here. But like, there's so like, and again, it probably sounds like a kind of a cheesy answer, but like, you know, I look back on even John Mahan giving him a first chance back in 2005. Like, I, it's not like I kind of set the world alight on a 21 level or anything like that previously or at minor. So, you know, even for John to take a chance on me, probably based on maybe kind of a Sigerson campaign more than anything, um, was a big call. You know, had a huge respect for him for that. Um, like then the following year, you had Mickey Moore and John Morrison, like, and they were unbelievable in fairness. To them like they were probably ahead of their time in a lot of stuff they did. Um, yeah. I think it was completely wrong that they only kind of got one year in charge. You know, after getting to the Ireland final and they're kind of showing the door straight away after that was probably wrong. But you know, they were actually fantastic. Um, and like I said there a few minutes ago, like when James James came in then in 2011, like I mean, he just completely changed things around for me. Football changed. The way things were done on and off the field changed the culture around the place. So you couldn't kind of argue with what he did. And like even Stephen there in Rotterdam in 2016, again, was really, really good coach. Probably coaching was probably his main thing rather than managing maybe. But you know, again, he was, he was very, very good. So look, that's just kind of four guys. But like the four of them were absolutely fantastic for me or football and for me personally as well. So it's a kind of, I find it very difficult to pick out one. So again, it's probably sitting on the fence a bit. But you know, those four guys I kind of have a lot of respect for. I should have left that for one of the last questions, the quick fire questions with only one answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that just to be a big pause there. I think I just have to hang up on that one, I think. <laughs> but uh, the last one here now, Keith, and it's the most important of them all. Uh, ask Keith, when I can expect to or- start organising, what's your partner's name? Teresa? Teresa, yeah. Teresa? Teresa? Teresa's him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know who that's coming in from to be honest um, oh jeez I think I need to hang up from this conversation now after hearing that question. I hope she doesn't hear that now she's got getting ideas as well that's in from oh, Bobby I should have known yeah I should have known <laughs> that, that was the worst mistake uh, yeah. introducing the two of them to each other now they're as thick as thieves so they're um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I hope they get on great which, I suppose she's from Donegal like, so she kind of moved down there at Christmas so Fairness, a few of the girls right. there, they made her very welcome, maybe a bit too welcome by the sounds of things. Um, <laughs> Bobby's a good girl, anyway. yeah. And in fairness, I kind of kind of took up a bit of yoga there over the first lockdown as well. She was doing the Zoom yoga, um, and that's right, yeah. yeah I found it very good, I suppose, just kind of even from a flexibility point of view, like I suppose, like that when you're kind of sitting down most of the day, even just for half an hour in the morning, just get that done, you know, I found it a bit big help. Um, so yeah, it's probably something I probably should look to get back to and again. But um, you know, I think it was definitely something people should get into more, especially kind of not just GA teams, but every kind of sport team. I think there's huge benefits from it. Um, yeah. Just like I said, from a flexibility wise, from course course trend point of view, like this, it definitely helps. Like I said, it's definitely something I'm probably to get back into now. Hopefully, in the next few weeks. Good man, good man. Uh, a few random questions here, uh, Keith. Not quick fire as such, just yeah. whatever. Answer them as you wish. Um, what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Ooh. Oh, I'm going to have to take... Oh, no, actually, I'll go with the Formula One driver. Yeah, nice. yeah. It, uh, obviously, the money is a, a bonus, but um, yeah, I just wouldn't, wouldn't mind giving that a go. I suppose high octane stuff would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, class. Um, is there one thing you would like to be better at? Uh, loads of things. Um, this is probably a very, very boring answer here, to be quite honest. But um, 
I suppose, time management and kind of getting off the phone when I should be doing a bit of work and trying to manage things like that and kind of set out routines of when you should be going to the gym and preparing things in advance, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, it sounds very boring, but, yeah, um, even just kind of planning the week in advance is, I think, I found it very good when I kind of got into it, but I probably could be a lot better at it. Right, yeah. I think a lot of people are struggling with that as well. At this time, just it's just too much time in your hands. You're working mm-hmm. from home. The phone is there in front of you. It's awful easy just to go scrolling for twenty minutes. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and it's, it's not really clear. Like if you're sitting there and like I said, you've just so much time. You're kind of putting everything off, and next thing you're down to the last minute that you have to get it done. But um, yeah, I'd say that one, even though it's a very, very boring answer. No, it's all good. It's all good. What is or was the best and worst thing about being a Mayo footballer? I think I referred to that earlier. Yeah, on, but... uh, the best thing just had to be the crack you could have with the guys. Um, I suppose the friendships you'd build up. Like, I mean, you know, even just looking back at some of the best best memories would be kind of heading out after a big game or a big win and just that feel-good factor. You know, you're kind of sitting there with the rest of the guys and you're having a few drinks and everyone's in good form and it's just that sense of satisfaction of a job well done. I think that's that for me is the best, the best part of it. Um, worst part of it... Do you know, I think I'm just going to go as the club and say this. It's the winter training, it's the pre season, it's going out when it's pissing rain and then out in the muck and, you know, coming home. And yeah. it's just, uh, yeah, that's the worst part of it. But like I said, once you kind of get over them initial couple of months and the evenings get longer and it gets, you know, it gets warmer, I think, like I said, it's it's something that you really, really look forward to. So um, I think maybe in the last few years, then as well, you're probably sitting at home and meetings and video analysis and all that so I might have gone a bit overboard but uh, yeah I think obviously the, the pre-season training and the wedding goal was something I never really looked forward to yeah yeah it's a, an admirable commitment for 16 years in a row yeah. like so yeah but I suppose yeah. again you, once you kind of I say this before like once you kind of get used to the whole routine of it you, you don't know any different like and like I mean mm. you know you grow up wanting to be in that position so the last thing you're going to do is to try and is to not do it when you have the opportunity you know so I think, you know, people say it's, like, it is a big commitment, but, you know, I wouldn't see it from that point of view. I mean, you just, you're in a privileged position. You just have to make the most of it, I think. Yeah, fair play. True. Um, are you a morning person or a night person? Um, be a night person, yeah. I find it difficult to go to bed on time, um, but trying to come around to being a morning person, but it's, it's difficult. Right. Uh, what is the one thing that annoys you the most? Ooh. If Teresa doesn't listen to this now, I could be I could be okay here, but um not after Bobby's question I know. Um, I think disorganized people annoy me. I'll put it that way. I'm not I'm not around here. I'm right. Sure that, but, uh, I, I live with another member of the Mayo football team, I won't mention his name. Um right. yeah, I think be no, it would be very out. hard to find out. He's from Ballantubber and he used to captain the team. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think disorgan- disorganized people annoy me. So, I'll put it that way. Right. Perfect. Two more, mm-hmm. Keith. Two more. What are you most Snakes. afraid of? <laughs> Snakes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very simple and straightforward yeah. answer there. Can't handle them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the last one. What makes you feel inspired? Ooh. Jesus, that's a tough one. Um, what makes me feel? As in inspired to try and go and do something or just 
Uh, yeah, what just what? Yeah, it just makes you feel inspired. Yeah, I don't know about life. Um, yeah, I suppose like when you see kind of, kind of if you see a kind of a a good news story or something like that, or especially in sports, if you see kind of the underdog story, it kind of really kind of gives you that. I suppose is inspiration the right word to try and go and achieve something or to try and get back out onto the pitch and kind of get better or um, to try and improve yourself career-wise. Yeah, I think when you see a good good look story like that or something, it kind of shows that things can be done um, just to go out and get yeah. it. So, um, yeah, I think seeing other people's good look stories inspires me, I suppose. Inspires me. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, that's perfect, Keith. What, uh, what are your plans for the future? Immediate future or long-term future, um, or even both? I suppose immediate future, like I said, I'm just after going back to work with the Bank of Ireland there, so um, and obviously doing that bit of work with Sport and so to try and juggle them, I suppose, see what kind of can come out of them in the short term is the main thing. Long-term, look, I think, I suppose one thing about that COVID has shown and, you know, even without COVID, you know, you see people go through kind of hard times in relation to health and all that type of thing. So look, long-term for me is just to stay healthy, family to stay as healthy as possible. Um, and yeah, to try and enjoy things as much as we can. Like I suppose we all go through or experience things where you see a bit of hardship as well. So I think when you see that type of thing, as it puts things in perspective, it's just have to try and go and enjoy life as much as you can. So yeah, simple as that really. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Keith, an absolute pleasure to talk to you and thank you very much for Taking the time to not at all. Thanks for having me. I suppose it mightn't have been uh, might have been some of the juiciest of answers people were looking for there. But um, no, listen. Thanks very much for having me on. Not at all. We might get an old round of golf. In we, can, we can go through all the good stories then. One's known us now. That'll do. Bring Conroy with us. It'll be great crack. Great stuff. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks. Thanks, Keith. Talk to you soon. Good man. Bye.